Hello, and welcome to the Parkinson's Disease Caring Podcast. This podcast is produced for care partners and caregivers of loved ones with Parkinson's disease. This show is brought to you by Dr. Kloss's new book, You're a Better Parkinson's Disease Caregiver Than You Think. Please visit pdcaring.com for more information. Well, on today's interview, we are going to talk to JR, one of my patients in my clinical practice, who currently uses the therapy called Duopa. Duopa is a pump system that was brought on the U.S. market in 2014. This pump delivers carbidopa levodopa therapy through a gel that goes through tubing from an external pump that's worn on the outside of the body in a little carrying case. The medicine then goes through the tubing inside the stomach and down into the small intestine where it is delivered to the location where the medication is absorbed. So this gives continuous dopamine therapy to the body. Patients typically wear the pump throughout the awake hours of the day, and then they typically take the pump off at night um, and cover their symptoms with medication until the next morning when they restart the pump. There are some patients that off-label have used the pump over 24 hours to control symptoms, especially if they have difficulties at night staying asleep or being able to ambulate to the restroom. So there are variations in how this pump has been used since 2014. In my clinical practice, we have over 60 patients currently using this therapy. The patients are typically in the more advanced stages. They were typically looking at other more advanced treatment options, such as deep brain stimulation. But when they heard about the potential benefits of Duopa and compared it to the potential benefits and risks of other treatments, they decided to go in that direction Most of the patients have done very well with this treatment and have been very happy with the outcome. There have been a few patients that did not tolerate the tubing and asked that it would be removed. There are a few patients that have had a complication or two that uh, the complication was treatable, but ultimately we had to go a different direction with treatment. But the vast majority of patients have done well with this treatment, have been able to tolerate wearing the device on their body. And one of the surprising reasons that a patient might select this therapy, and and the reason that it was surprising was we were not expecting this outcome uh, prior to just using this in clinical practice. To illustrate this, the first patient that received Duopa in my practice, and uh, they were the first patient to receive it in Oklahoma back in 2014, this patient came to me and said, I'm having a lot of trouble with freezing of gait. She told me that she had been homebound for the last three years. She was afraid to leave the home because unpredictably her feet would lock up She'd have difficulty standing, difficulty walking, and often she would fall. She was afraid to go out to a restaurant or to a store because if this happened, she couldn't uh, maintain her balance, or if her husband was with her, it would be very difficult 
for them to get back to the car without uh, great difficulty. So she was really desperate for some help, and she had researched Duopa uh, as it was FDA approved. And she said, I really want to try this therapy. I don't want to do deep brain stimulation surgery. And the carbidopa, levodopa pills that I'm taking are not uh, helping me with this particular problem. And I tried to talk her out of going this direction only because we had no idea that it could possibly help freezing of gait. And I didn't know that she would really want to wear a pump system on her body uh, and, and didn't expect that it would help her particular issue. But nevertheless, she talked us into it and we had her um, go off to the gastroenterology clinic. Uh, this was an outpatient procedure. She received the uh, procedure, placing the tubing into her digestive tract. And then she followed up with me in the clinic on the next day. We turned on the pump after figuring out the conversion of medication from pill to the pump dosing. And to our immediate surprise, she got up from the chair and was able to walk around the clinic without any freezing of gait. And I just saw her back in the clinic just a few weeks ago. So now seven years later, using this Duopa therapy, she continues to be completely free of freezing of gait. Um, she has been able to travel with her husband. She um, has had just a tremendous improvement in her quality of life. And she, of course, is such a, a big fan of this therapy. Uh, she had one complication that occurred shortly after the implant in 2014. She was so excited to be able to move again that uh, during a family reunion, she decided to play volleyball with her grandchildren, and the tubing got snagged on her arm and was pulled out of place slightly, and she had to go back in and get the tubing repositioned. But this has been the only complication that she has dealt with and uh, has been very uh, happy. And we've had numerous patients over the years that have decided to receive this therapy to help with the freezing of gait problem. Most of them have had great success. A few did not see improvements in the freezing of gait, unfortunately, so it's not a guaranteed uh, treatment for this particular problem. We've also seen some patients that were suffering with dyskinesias that actually had an improvement in their dyskinesias by switching over to the pump system as well. So there were several surprising benefits from this type of therapy. I think patients with PD should consider this type of therapy in the more advanced stages when they are looking at other treatment options, such as the deep brain stimulation surgery. And it's important for caregivers to realize what may be involved in this type of therapy, particularly how much help are we going to have to give our loved one during the procedure, directly after the procedure, and then moving forward with the therapy at home. So today's interview, we talked to JR in the clinic about his experience, and he offered some advice to caregivers and some insight into what we might expect if our loved one chooses to go in this direction. And I think you'll enjoy the interview with him. Thank you for joining us again today on the PD Caring Podcast. When you 
came to the clinic and talked about options, treatment options, and you, you considered the deep brain stimulation surgery, you considered the, the pump system that you now have. What were some of the thoughts in your mind at that time as you looked at options and made your decision? What? Okay, there were, there were, I guess, three, three options, I suppose. There was a continuing the way I was, maybe four, continuing the way I was, stopping everything. Neither of those was really viable solutions. Either the pump or the deep range stimulus, and I had never been, since listening to it, never been a, a fan of the deep brain stimulus. I know it's a good thing for a lot of people, but I just could not see it for myself. And uh, I know that I was being told about the pump and how good it was and all this, but for some reason I was like, uh, just like a, uh, out of touch with reality at that time. I'd hear the words, but I couldn't figure out what that meant, what that would mean to me. I couldn't really see what good that would be to me because my brain just wasn't doing it. But fortunately, kept on pushing, had that option, finally. And how did you finally make the decision to move forward with the pump uh, together with your caregiver? Well, uh, it was during a visit to the neurologist. And uh, once again, the option of the pump was presented to me. And I started with the same answer I always gave. Well, you know, I don't know, Dr. I, I don't know. And uh, at that point in time, there was one time Barbara got up, my wife, Barbara, stood up and said she, she'd had enough. She stood up and she, right between you and I, she took one finger, if I remember right, pointed it right at me and she says, Johannes, if you don't do this for Grayson and Dylan and, your, and myself, I'm out of here. And she literally walked out of the, the uh, examining room, slammed the door and sat out there in the waiting area. Pretty sudden change of character for her. But she got from a carrier, oh my God, look what she was putting up with. <laughs> and uh, she finally said, hey, I've had it, buddy. You better do something or you know, I don't know what you're gonna wind up with. That's the time we made that decision to go get the pump. What were some of the, the things that you think Barbara was struggling with uh, from the caregiving side at that point with you prior to the pump? What, what kind of letter do you think to that level of? Well, I think part of it was, um, part of it was uh, looking at me and seeing what I was going through. But for the, for the, for the most part, I think it was, that was important. That was a big one for her. But secondarily, it was her life. I mean, she's got life too. But then, you know, she, I, I, I tell caregivers that you know, your caregivers, you have you have Parkinson's too. You, you, and for all intents and purposes, you've got it as well. You may not exhibit any of the physical characteristics, but man, you got to deal with the foot freeze. You got to deal with everything that happens to the care for the, the patient. And she was just getting she was getting tired of that because here were options being presented to me that might have a chance of changing the way things were going. And I was not taking any of them, I think you could say I'm not taking them seriously. Just lottie dog, just running through life, crazy. So she made that, she made up my mind for me. And, and so tell us, you made the decision, you decided to go forward with the installation of the pump 
Your particular pump requires a uh, outpatient surgical procedure where the tubing is placed into the digestive tract. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience. Um, how did the day go, the procedure go, the recovery, and, and, and how did Barbara sort of help you through that process? Mm -hmm. Well, she was with me every bit of the way, except in, except inside the operating room. But the uh, the pump experience started the night before the procedure, when the nurse came from the AbV and uh, went through everything with us, how to clean it, what everything was going to look like, what we should expect. I mean, literally, she went through it all, and she made us a promise: if I had any more questions, she'd be up here in a heartbeat. And uh, that was that was a, that was a, a very big plus for both of us, because we got a chance to handle the pump, and, uh, not life, of course, no medicine, and the cartridges, we knew what was going on. So um, that's, when, that's when all that started for, for her, uh, that change. But she was, she was uh, just getting tired of the whole thing. But the experience at, with the nurse the night before was a big turning point, and the next day was even better. Went to the hospital. Uh, I was out before noon. I mean, it was literally, I mean, it was like nothing. I felt no pain after all. I could see the pump, I could see the stoma, the hole in my, in my uh, abdomen. No pain, no nothing. But there it was, ready to go. So that was pretty good too. And then at the end of that day, the next day I was scheduled to spend the whole day with the, with the US doctor. And we got there in the morning and uh, started the procedure. Was there anything that, that Barbara needed to do to help you that first that first night in recovery, or did it go pretty smoothly uh, in recovery and in the healing process? Recovery, fortunately for me, I've been very, very lucky when things like that happen to me. Uh, I, I, I weather them very well. I hope everybody else does too, but she didn't have to do anything, just keep an eye on me, because we did not know what was going to happen naturally. But nothing did happen. I mean, it was just, as it was advertised, it's just a way of life. It's starting to get used to having the, the tube in me and all that, and ready for the next day. She, she literally had to do nothing. And you came in that next day for, for programming of the pump, and of course on that day we uh, have you stop your your pills? You you stop your regular medicine yes. so that we can adjust your pump and take us through what that experience was like for you to start the medication and see some changes happening. That was an interesting day, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, if you could picture me before that, I'd, I'd walk with a uh, foot freeze, but with a cane. Just you can imagine, it was pretty pretty bad. But that first day, walked in the same way as always. Uh, got into your examining room. Uh, then you told me to lay down and you hooked up the pump, the cartridge into the pump, set it at the rate. I don't know what it was at that time. Said, hey, just lay here for about an hour, I'll be back. Because we had scheduled the whole day. And you'd be in and out all during that day. And so I did. And you came in a little later on. Still, no, no, no effects, no nothing, except I just laying there getting sleepy. <laughs> just laying there. But, and you came and, and you said, uh, how you feeling? I said, okay. You asked me to swing my legs off of the, off of the examining couch and stand up, okay, carefully. 
because I'd never had that pump on me before. So I uh, had the pump tied around my waist, I believe, and I uh, stood up, and it, I just like standing up. I mean, there was a, uh, no effort, no no problems, no nothing, no 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 dizziness, no uh, something dragging on this, nothing on nothing. It was a uh, I could feel could feel the, the the tube in me, of course. There was no pain, no nothing. I could hear the pump cycling through, and I I really didn't know how how things were going with my body at that time. So you asked me, you turned and looked and said, uh, can you walk to the door of the examining room? Which was about, I don't know, seven, eight feet away. And I took about four or five, six steps over to it. And so far, so good. I, I walked straight over there, didn't have a, a, a cane with me or anything. I just took the steps over there. And you came and opened the door of the examining room. You looked down the examining room aisle. I don't know, what was it, maybe 20 feet, maybe? He said, do you think you can walk to the end of that aisle? I said, well, okay, I'll give it a try. And off I went, walked right down the aisle. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but by golly, it was without a cane, and I felt, it felt good. I, I can't describe the feeling from having had been that way for so long. And then all of a sudden, start to walk like that. I walked to the end of that aisle, and you were starting, you were telling me, hey, stop, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. I turned around, what was I doing wrong? We went and got a camera. You recorded. You recorded that end of it, and he uh, had some some hospital somewhere. It was Mayo or something. I'm not really sure where it was, but I walked back, and I I that really just felt right. Didn't have any dizziness, no nothing. Uh, once again, I could feel the tubes. It was new to me, but it was like uh, oh, somebody giving you a little gift, hey, like a boost or a shot or something. Felt pretty good, and uh, so. At that point, I think you wanted to watch me for a little bit longer, and you turned me loose to go home with the promise of coming back the next morning. And the next morning, that evening, though, at home, changed the cartridge, nothing. I, I mean, I didn't have any problems with it. Barbara didn't have to help me with it, nothing. And, uh, and she never did, never did have to help me in that early day. I'll never forget the next morning when you uh, met me at the clinic, you actually you, you arrived at the clinic before I did that morning, and I, I saw you out front of the building. Uh, you were smiling, and mm -hmm. but I thought, oh boy, uh, there could be something wrong uh, since you were out there so early that morning. And and do you remember that morning? You just took sure, off yeah. walking around and yeah. showing me what, yeah. what what great success you were having. Yeah. I think I got when I saw your your vehicle coming down the park. I standing next to my car, got out of whichever I went over. I walked over to your, your car, and you were just, you were so surprised and, and smiling, too, because it was, hey, that was good. That was like a normal person, pretty much like a normal person. And it was, that was how good it was for me from the start, and from day zero. That's how good it felt with that to do over pump on me. A lot of our patients have told us that they really enjoyed the change from taking medication very frequently throughout the day and sometimes during the night to now, you know, just having the pump deliver the medication. How was that change for you? How did you feel about um, giving up the pills and moving to a pump system overall? It was not a problem at all. <laughs> giving up those pills was a, was a good a good thing. I know it's the same same drug, carbidopa levodopa, but this was in gel and going into my uh, small intestine, going through my body and brain. And the pills were just, yeah, there was, there was uh, 
uh, stomach effects that were starting to happen. Uh, not not you know, not bad, but enough to where you didn't feel so good about taking the pills anymore. That took all that away. So not only was there a physical relief not having to take pills anymore for for uh, for the Parkinson's, but going to the pump, just like a, another another little sliver of freedom was laid upon you. It's a good day. That was a good day as well. And so now, over time, you've you've had the pump now for what would you say about five years? So got in sixteen, I believe. Mm-hmm. Four or five pushing, years. Pushing six years now. Okay. No, no, four years. My math didn't do it, didn't it? Okay. Four years, and it's been uh, it's been a real positive trip for me. Are you still pleased with it? Still pleased. Uh, naturally, every now and then, if you get something like that tied to you, a big old pump like that, and you. Okay. You know, you get look at it. It's kind of a little disdain, and you turn around and say, "Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're what's keeping me going, buddy." <laughs> so that little extra appendage is, yeah, it's a, it was a change, but uh, you know, everybody else took a, took it in stride because all of a sudden I was, quote unquote, back in the game, if you will. Uh, everyone from personal to to work, just a major, major change in the way. I behaved everywhere. And and did Barbara along the way did she have to assume any any additional um, uh, help or or did she provide any maintenance for the pump itself or do you continue to do it all on your own? I continue to do it all on my own. Every now and then she goes and gives me a cassette when it's time to change it because I'm busy or whatever. But the only thing she she does for me and she takes she took this on herself is when the medicine gets delivered, she pulls it out, puts it in the refrigerator. That's it. That is it. That's it. So she's never had to change one of the cartridge for me. Never had to do anything like that. No maintenance on any of the tubes. Nothing. Like I said, the most she's ever done for me is with regard to the do-over. Is bring me a cassette when it's time to change it. That's great. What, what kind of... Um any kind of complications or side effects or problems that you've encountered over the years having a pump system like this? Um, the natural side effects of physically having something like that changes your lifestyle in ways that you, you, you can't ever remember, can't ever foretell either. You just don't know. In your household, everybody's different, I'm sure, that has this. But for us, it was a, it's not, not much of a change. I don't remember us saying... Oh my gosh! Now we got to do this. Not at all. It was a, it's like a, like a welcome visitor. It's going to stay there for a long time. It's, it was that good. Uh, yeah, we didn't have didn't have much of a, an issue with anything. Just make a little room in the refrigerator for the cassettes, and that's it. Okay. Have Have you experienced any any problems with the tubing or? Um, or had to have any any revisions or procedures done for the system itself? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> my problem is I'm probably too active. So I get around a lot. I mean, uh, physical therapy before the pandemic here, uh, oh, I, I was everywhere and did everything to the point I had uh, two physical therapy classes, a voice therapy class, I had a yoga class, had two boxing, three boxing classes a week, three bike spin classes a week, and uh, 
pretty doggone busy, not to mention all the other things I was going, had going on with me. So, yeah, uh, here I've had this twice, and I, I blame it completely on me twisting and turning in bed at night or, or whatever physical activity I was doing into, because I chase, I chase my grandsons around the back, their backyard, playing soccer with them. I'd catch, catch them, pull them down, we'd wrestle, literally wrestle on the grass. <laughs> So I wouldn't trade that for a cake toast for nothing. <laughs> yes, but that's that's the extent of the, the maybe a, if you call it an issue, and it's brought on by me. I'm certain of that. Tell tell us what happened. Well, um, all of a sudden, uh, first of all, there's a maintenance uh, of the tubes that go uh, tied to the cassette. We have to flush them out every now and then. It's just natural. We get all that all that uh, carbidopa uh, gel running through the tubes and. Uh, yeah, you ought to clean them out because it's just uh, it's like any other thing. It's just a little maintenance thing. I have a little uh, a syringe with a nose on it. No needles, no needles. You screw it into the end of the tube that goes into your body. You take the cassette connection off. You plug your syringe in there full of water uh, and you just flush it out. Well, this time, twice, put the syringe, syringe on there and start to push the plunger down, it would not go. And, uh, okay, what's going on here? Try, 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 well, something's plugged up down there inside of me. So uh, and that's, that's what happens. I subsequently called, uh, called the uh, gastroenterologist and uh, took a look at it, made a decision to replace the tubes. And uh, it, was, it was the same Procedure, same situation as going to get it for the first time, except they didn't have to make an opening and all that other. It was all there. There was a, another one of those things where I go in, come out, I got a general anesthetic on anesthesia. I don't know what happened. No pain, no nothing. Except now I've got a brand new tube system on me and it flushes just fine. And the medicine gets to me, by the way, more completely. That was quite a bit too, because when it starts to restrict like that or kinked up, Perhaps, I don't know whether it's a sudden thing or slowly kinked over and restricted the flow of the medicine down there. It never got an alarm that, the, that it was blocked down there, so it must have done it all of a sudden. And uh, it was just go in, get it done, and you drive on. And you've talked about also the issue of the tubing that is outside of the body in between the tubing that goes into the body and the tubing that connects to the cassette. Mm-hmm how that tubing has to be carefully protected and, and maybe hidden so that it doesn't snag on, on things. Tell us a little bit about how you do that. And well, um, My caregiver has been, <laughs> if I don't tuck the tube and I put it all together and put it away where it should be, underneath my clothes the way I do it, something's going to happen. And, it, and even about a week or so ago, I was in the kitchen just wandering, flying around, minding my own business, making breakfast in the morning. I just changed the cassette, and there was that tube, just kind of a little loop hanging out from my belly, about my, my waistline, say. Nothing serious about it, maybe sticking out maybe six or six inches or so in the loop. What did I do? Walked by a, a drawer, and the hose hooked to the drawer handle, and I pulled that tube right out of the cassette. So the section that came goes from the the hook uh, from the tie-in between the two into my body, perfect, no problem. 
But the end of that cassette has that little tube that comes out and attaches to the one on my body. That was pulled right out of the cassette, pulled it right off. So the fix to that was take the cassette off, put a new one on, get it screwed on there, and don't ever do it again. Make sure you tell your caregiver, yeah, you're right. I don't know what the heck I was thinking of. Because they see things. They, they, they do caregivers. Um, I got to say, most of them, I, I would imagine, are very, very observant about what's going on. They, they're standoff. They don't have to deal with any of the thoughts that, the, say, the patient does. So they, th- they see things that I, that us patients, don't see and may even deny <laughs> over and over again. So how, so how does she help you? Does she remind you to uh, keep the tubing in a certain position, or how does she help you with that? She, she just tells me, put that, make sure it's not sticking out. Your honest, fix your tube, put it underneath your clothes. It's gonna get, it's gonna get, it's gonna get hooked on something. Yeah, sure, okay. And she's right every time, every time. Say, so, yeah, you're sure, yeah, sure. Say, oh, yeah, you're right, thanks. That's what it's turned out to be. In the beginning, it was kind of an option. I can do this. What are you talking about? To, yeah, she's right. You better shape them. So it's a little bit better. Yeah, they don't deserve that kind of stuff anyway. They're just trying to help you. It's very clear that when they say things like that, however it comes out, they're trying to help you. You have uh, courageously battled this condition yourself. You've, you've really overcome a lot of difficult situations and you continue to fight despite all the mm-hmm. yeah. all the issues that come up including your rotator cuff injury oh, yes. that's giving you a lot of pain and mm-hmm. um, so I think um, in, in conclusion uh, today um, would you give any advice to our caregivers listening as far as um, what, what advice you would give them in working with a loved one with Parkinson's from all that you've learned over the years? I think I'd, uh, if I did uh, want to give somebody advice, say some couple that was just newly newly diagnosed, for example. First thing I'd tell them, if they visited me, <laughs> I'd tell them, uh, and Barbara may say the same thing too, maybe in a slightly different way, but hey, uh, you caregivers, you patients, let me start off with the patient. Patients, you better listen to your caregiver right from day one. You make those those things that are going to happen to you. Listen to all of us, let us t- talk to you, some of the things that you may come up with. But as those things start to come up with you, those little issues that may uh, need, somebody needs to do something with, either you or your caregiver, draw those, uh, draw those agreements out. I mean, even verbally, I would say, okay, look, Hey, when we do this, when this happens, why don't you let me do this or I'll do this? I, I can't imagine what you know what they would be. It'd be like in a restaurant somewhere or, or we're at home and the bill, show, the bill shows up. And your hands are trembling so much, let me type stuff for you. Don't know what they are, but they're little things that could just, just absolutely devastate you. You don't recognize what, you know, what they're coming, but uh, the, the patient has got to listen to the caregivers. They really do know what's going on, just as a just as a general statement. I'm sure there's some issues where that's not true, but I don't know of any of them. Everyone is everyone's pretty sincere about their patients, caregivers. And the caregivers also. 
listen to the, listen to those patients. There's if there's some something going on on the negative side. Um, listen to what they're saying. Go beyond what they're saying, maybe. And uh, for the for the positive, that's that's drilling on the negatives. There's so many things that because you took a say and got into the, the dual pump like I did, and it stretched me out for like four years. Oh my gosh. The things I can see now, I, it's, I don't know what's the duopa itself or the dopamine. I see things differently today, like the like the, uh, the environment, the green grass, and <laughs> the trees, the uh, the way things are shaped, and the flowers, and the sunrises, and sunsets, and contrails, and the clouds, and you know, just the way other people talk to other people. I appreciate that too. Other people's. Uh, the way other people talk to them, other people, their caregivers. Uh, I've, 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 tell, I've told a couple of people, I don't think I've ever told you that, I almost feel like Parkinson's was a gift. Because, okay, you say you're sitting up and wherever you are getting ready to be staged to go down to earth, right? So the angels or whatever is looking down his feet and he goes, okay, which major disease you want? <laughs> You chose Parkinson's, you did real good. Because there's people out there that really do have a, have a problem. I think, uh, to myself, I, I think Parkinson's is just a, an inconvenience. That's what I try to make it. It's just an inconvenience. I've got nothing to complain about. My gosh. Uh, physically, still, I'm you know, not in shape I was anymore. It's pandemic. Where that goes away, we start exercising again. But from a health standpoint, I've got uh, myself with my duopa. I've got nothing to complain about. So many positive things coming up. So many people I've met that I've never been able, never would have met before. Good people, good people. I think it goes both ways. We've kind of charged off of one another. I tell people that uh, when I get into a conversation with a lot of people and bounce off of their, their thoughts, I tell them I feel like a psychic vampire. <laughs> <laughs> pull all the good stuff out of it and just leave, leave it all, you know, swapping, swapping the psychic uh, the thoughts on how to take care of ourselves and our caregivers. And uh, it's, it's, it's that good. I mean, people I've never known, would never have known. I'm just, just grateful that I had the chance to meet them. Well, that's wonderful. And thank you so much for taking the time to share uh, your experiences and your wonderful insight and thoughts on, on on not only the condition but caregiving in relationship to it and we of course wish you all the best thank you doctor appreciate being here uh consider it an honor thank you for joining the parkinson's disease caring podcast please visit pdcaring.com for more information and remember you are a better parkinson's disease caregiver than you think Thank you.